you are listening to the Pleasant View Baptist Church preaching podcast. We hope today's message will be a blessing to you and your family. Thank you for taking time to listen to our preaching podcast. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to the book of Genesis, to Genesis chapter number 32. And uh, we're going to look at a story this morning. Um, a good, I love this story of the Bible. Um, I, I do. I truly do. And uh, I hope it's a help to you and a blessing to you. Um, uh, as you find in your place, uh, our theme is going to continue on today um, through the, as it has through the month of December of, of just uh, store, different people in the Bible who uh, took their Christian walk to the next level. And uh, they went beyond uh, being saved. Uh, they went beyond um, of just having hell insurance, if you want to say it like that. Um, they went beyond that. And so uh, in preparation for 2024, um, I really hope and I really pray that you're understanding what God is doing because I'm telling you, um, I have not planned this one bit. Um, um, I, of course, I'm not a planner anyway. I, do, I struggle with that. That's why tonight's service is a big deal for me, if y'all don't understand that, because I'm not a planner. Um, but we're going to plan something, some stuff out. But anyway, um, uh, but anyway, uh, this is, this, I've not planned this at all of how God has lined these messages up, put different Bible characters on my heart this month to challenge us to go to that next level, to be more than just saved sitting on a church pew. Um, being more than that, and that's what we need to be going into 2024. And so, um, let's take it. The, let's take a look at the life of Jacob this morning, and see what God has in store for us. Genesis chapter number 32, verse number 24. When you find your place, please stand with me for the reading and reverence of God's word. Genesis 32, um, and we're going to begin reading. I'm sorry, I told you verse number 24, but I'm actually going to back up and catch verse number 22. Um, that way, it'll help us fill in here. Verse number 22, And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons and passed over the ford um, Jabbok. Now there you go. I'll give you something, and I probably, I'm probably very hesitant to do this, you ford lovers here. All right, I'm going to give you some firepower. That word ford right there, do you all know what that word means? In, in, uh, where we get, what word we get from that word? Here you go, Brother Vince, you ready? Overwhelming overwhelming. There you go. We, that, uh, we get our word overwhelming from that word forward. Um, now, I don't know what that means. You can take it, what, we can take it or leave it however you want to. But anyway, there's you some firepower. Uh, I know a lot of times I give Chevys, I give Chevys, well, Ford people down the road. Uh, Chev- Chevrolets, I, I, anyway, we won't get into that. But anyway, there you go, the Ford Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. Verse number 24. And Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. When he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. Verse number 28. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and has prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore it is that thou doest ask after my name. And he blessed him there. there. And Jacob called the name of the place Penel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And, he, and, and as he passed over Penuel, 
the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. And therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew with shrank, which is upon the hollow of his thigh unto this day, because it touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh and the sinew of the sh- that, that shrank. Jesus, Lord, I thank you for what you do for us, God. I thank you, Lord, for the unity, Lord, that we see this morning in the service, God. I thank you, Lord, for it. Thank you, Lord, for the love and the mercy and grace that you've showed us, God. We sure don't deserve it. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd take your word this morning and you'll bless it and add it to our hearts, God. And, and God, I pray, God, that you'll manifest yourself with us this morning. God, that you'll be high and lifted up, that your church will be edified. And God, that you just help us and meet the need. Lord, if there is one here lost this morning, God, I pray, Lord, that you'll convict their heart, show them their lost condition, show them their need of you. And Lord, we thank you and praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name, that name above every name, amen and amen. You can be seated. That last song that we sung in the choir this morning, or second to last song, that we sung in the choir, I handpicked it for a reason. And the reason is, is because the title of my message this morning is Just a Little Talk with Jesus. Just a Little Talk with Jesus. Now, you say, this doesn't sound like just a little talk. Because Jacob was wrestling with God. Can I say this this morning? Me and you have never experienced what Jacob experienced that day. None of us has ever stood face to face with God, toe to toe with God and wrestled Him. But Jacob did. But if you look beyond the wrestling, you're going to see a little talk with Jesus. So many times as past the scripture, we do get caught up in the wrestling. We get because we all like to see that image in our mind of Jacob wrestling with God and walking away with a limp. We all want to see that. But um, well, I want to look this morning beyond the wrestling, and I want to look at just a little talk with Jesus. J- Jacob is an interesting Bible character. He is one of those that had two spiritual moments in his life, spiritual encounters, if you want to say it like that, in his life. You study it out, you're going to find that his first spiritual encounter took place at a place called Bethel. Um, this is where we actually, if you study out Bethel, you'll find out this is where Jacob's well is. Um, this is where he also saw um, the ladder that was going into heaven, Jacob's ladder. We've heard that story before. This is a place of Bethel, and Bethel is known as a place where Jacob uh, found salvation. Um, at Bethel, Jacob saw a ladder. Um, at, at Jabbok, he saw the Lord. You think about that. There's two moments in his life that he experienced a, a moment with God. He experienced it at Bethel and at Jabbok. At, J- at Bethel, um, he, met, he saw a ladder. At Jabbok, um, he met the Lord. At Bethel, Jacob became a believing man. At Jabbok, he became a broken man. At Bethel, Jacob became the son of God. At, J- at Jabbok, he became a saint of God. At Bethel, he died to his sins. But at Jabbok, he died to to himself. He left Bethel with a spring in his step. He left Jabbok with a limp. Now, everybody in this room this morning, there's one thing that you need to experience in your life, and that is a Bethel experience. Every one of us needs to experience a Bethel moment in our life. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, just to put it down right where the rubber meets the road, we, each one of us, needs a moment of salvation in our life. Can I say this right here? It is God's will that all men should not perish, but that all should have life and have it more abundantly. And what that means is this, is that everybody should experience salvation in their life. Everybody. It's what God's will is. Every person in here. So I hope this morning, if you're here this morning, I hope that you have had a Bethel experience in your life. Can I say this right here? The only person in this room that I know without 100% of doubt um, uh, uh, that has had a Bethel experience is myself. 
I know that there was a time in my life as a six-year-old little boy that I called on God and He saved me. Did I understand what happened right then? No, I did not. But I know that God became real in my life and I accepted Him as my Savior. And so I hope, and I hope everyone in here has had a Bethel experience in your life. But here's the thing, 99% of all people, 99% of all Christians, they'll have a Bethel experience, but they never have that Javik experience. That experience where they leave broken from self. We see, we, we come as a Bethel experience and bow at an altar and we're broken because of sin and God heals us. But then when we make it to Jabbok, if we make it to Jabbok, we've got at that point to die to ourselves. And that's what Joshua had to do in our story this morning. Um, the very thing that happened in Jacob's life is what needs to happen in every one of our lives. We all need to have that face-to-face encounter with Jesus. We need to have that face-to-face encounter with the Lord. Now, you may not physically wrestle with Him like Jacob did, but can I say this right here? I hope that you pray to Him. And I hope that you have those moments in your life. Let's look at this right here. Number one this morning about uh, just a little talk with Jesus. Just a little talk with Jesus. I don't look this morning. I'm, I'm probably going to be a little bit different because I'm still trying to, to give you um, what God has given me on this theme of taking our Christian walk to the next level. We all say, we're all on this this, this plateau here, but how do we go to the next level? How do we get closer to God? I said this before and I'll say it again. I want to be so close that I know which toothpaste the Lord uses. I want to be so close I can smell His breath. I want to be so close to God that as He moves, I move. And that when people see me, they see the Lord. That's what I want. When I say this, I want people, I want our church to walk so close to God that when people drive by, they just drive by the church and say, whoo, that church has got something on them. I say this right here, I want every, everything that we do to be centered around the Lord and to be centered around making movements for God. Look right here this morning, number one. I got to move on or I ain't going to get all this in because there's a lot. The first thing I noticed about this little talk that Jacob had with the Lord is this, he was alone. Jacob was very much alone. Look what the Bible says. Y'all ready? Now, I had to dig deep to find this. Look at verse number 24. And Jacob was left alone. I'm telling you, I had to dig deep to find that one. He was left alone. Now, can I say this right here? Jacob was facing a serious time of testing. Now, if you'll study out the life of Jacob and where he is at, his past is about to catch up with him. If you study his life, you know what he done to Esau. He, got, he, he stole, if you want to say it like that, uh, Esau's birthright. And then he sold it, all right? We know that. His past is about to catch up with him. Esau has had 400 men gathered together, and they're on their way to Jacob. His past is about to catch up with him. His past, is a, he's about to run into an intersection with his past. He's about to collide. And he is in a time of testing. He has left home and behind, and he was about to face his brother who had wronged many years ago. And at this juncture in his life, he needed to seek counsel from the Lord. He had divided up everything. He had divided up his... That he, he had separated all of his belongings. He had separated um, everything so that if Esau came, he couldn't get it all. He could only get a portion of it. 
he would still be able to say something. And um, he entered this time in a prayer meeting. He said, i got to go to the Lord. And he finally bows his head and he calls on God and he is left alone. And I said this this morning, we all need those moments of alone time. I was thinking this morning, and I said this in Sunday school, and I'm going to say it again, Miss Mina, now you're off the hook. There's a lot of ladies in here to help me help us out on this. Men, we can do this. We can reach up there in our mind and cut our brain off. Brother Jimmy, me and you could go ride. I told Brother Vince this this morning. Me and you could go ride to Wilmington this morning, not say a word to each other. We could ride down through there and never speak. Cole, we go sit in a deer stand today, not say a word to each other. Just sit there. We can go and, and do it. Ladies, I'm sorry. I don't mean this bad, but you can't do it. Y'all cannot sit there and cut your brain off. Y'all heard Brother Brian during the um, uh, couples night give this illustration of riding down the road. I can literally ride down the road, Brother Jimmy, and look at the road and not think about nothing. Morgan can look over there at me and say, well, what's on your mind? Nothing. Come on, there's got to be something on your mind. No, nothing. There's literally, last night, I, I give this example in Sunday school, and I'll give it again. Last night, the boys went to bed. All right, they was in there, they were supposed to be asleep. I think those, Colt can play possum better than anybody. He'll lay there, and he'll be like, his eyes are closed. He's a wide awake the whole time, and I think he's asleep. I go in there, and like, oh, yeah, he's asleep. And he's in there, he's wide awake. Anyway, anyway, he's supposed to be in there. Miss Morgan had went and took a shower, and so I had a, we had a fire with the cold last night. It got so hot, it was 83 degrees, something like that in the house. It's so hot. I sweat. The far got too hot, all right? Where we was at in the house last night. I was sitting there, and I was thinking how hot that fire is. And she's, like I said, there was nobody on TV. I, I think it had paused or, you know, it started doing the spinny thing where it doesn't always. It doesn't something, so I just let it cut off. And I was sitting there, and I was literally, I caught myself staring at the fire, not thinking about nothing. You say, come on, preacher, you was thinking about the service today and you was thinking about how, how, how what you wanted to see. And I, I'm sorry, I wasn't thinking about that. I literally was just looking at the fire. Nothing on my mind. Nothing, not a thing. Miss Morgan come through the house. She's worried sick. What in the world are the lights not on for? What in the world she got flipping lights on left and right? And I'm going, interrupt my quiet time. Interrupt my quiet Jacob entered his time alone with God. Can I tell you what we all need to do? We all need to have those moments of alone time where we just cut the brain off. Ladies, I know it, you're, it's, 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 not, it's not nothing against you. Y'all have a hard time doing it, but you should practice it. You should really try your best. Take that cell phone, set it down, set it face down. All right? Well, somebody better get Brother Vince some lunch today. <laughs> We got we got some leftovers, all right? <laughs> well, I, we'll hook you up, all right? Um, but anyway, no, I'm just kidding. When you set the phone down and cut it off and be alone with the Lord. I, I said this this morning. Some of y'all in Sunday school, I'm sorry, y'all just going to get this twice just because it's where my mind is, okay? I can't help it. In the middle of the book of Revelation, we, we're, we're at chapter number 10, and we find out that in chapter number 10 already, right in the middle of one of the most prophetical books of our of, of all creation, God twice has already paused and stopped. And, and between the sixth and the seventh uh, trumpet, in, ver in chapter number eight, I believe, in Revelation, there's a pause. All the earth and all of heaven is silent. Then when you get to chapter number 10, chapter number nine, there's literally, I don't know how else to say it, but to say it like this, all hell is on earth, literally. 
Hell has opened up and hell has been released on earth. Chapter number 9, a two million manned army is making their way across the dried up Euphrates River. I'm talking about it is a time of destruction, a time of darkness. And chapter number 10 rolls around. And Jesus just takes a pause. He shows up, he puts one foot on the sea, one foot on the ground, and he pauses. When he created the earth, he spent six days creating everything. The Bible even says this right here, and He made the stars also. In those six days, He worked extremely hard to make those, uh, make everything that we see today. I, I've learned a place, and I even told Morgan this, it's on my mind, I want to visit one day. And I want to visit in the wintertime, and that is Norway. I don't know why I, I love looking at Norwegian pictures. I, I want to go see Norway. All right, there's my bucket list, all right? Norway. But I was looking at that and I was thinking about how beautiful the scenery was. I was thinking about how beautiful it all was. And I got to thinking God created all of that in six days. And on the seventh day, He paused. Can I say this right here? We all need to take a break from our busy schedules and pause. Anybody ever heard, anybody heard somebody say this? I hate silence. I hate silence. That is a cover-up for everybody. Because when there's silence, that's when the Lord works with us on the most intimate levels. That's when God works with us at the most intimate levels. Now, don't get me wrong. I already know, so it's going through some of you. Didn't you say you don't like silence in a service? I don't. You better be careful. The idle, ground, the idle mind is a devil's playground. All right, That's where he wants to work at is when the idle mind. But can I say this right here at the same time? We've got to have those moments where we come aside and be alone and let God speak to us. Let the Lord speak to us. He was alone. He was alone. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the thoughts that I have toward you. That's the Lord speaking to Jeremiah. He says, I know thy thoughts that I have toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. All God wants to do is just commune with you and be alone with you. He does. He loves to be alone with His church. He loves to be alone with His church. His bride. He loves to be alone with His bride. He loves it. He wants to be alone with you this morning. So anyway, Jacob, number one, Jacob was left alone. He was very much alone. But number two this morning, this ain't a very deep outline, but it's just what the Lord gave me, okay? Number two, not only was he very much alone, he was very much alive. Jacob prayed that night and it appears that he experienced what we know as a Christophany. That is to be as a privileged place of our Bible, which is a, a, a pre-Bethlehem experience or a pre-Bethlehem appearance of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. The angel was unable to overcome Jacob, even though we know if the Lord wanted to, he could have very easily overcame it at any point. But he allowed him um, to, to, to go on all night long, and Jacob was just a Jacob was just a thought. I was just thinking of what it was like. Um, to beat this person, this he to be allowed Jacob to fight. He was in his mind. He was visualizing beating this person he was wrestling with, but he had no idea that he was wrestling um, with God. Can I say this this morning? We better be careful. Uh, we need to know that when we're wrestling, we all may not physically wrestle with God, but there we all wrestle with God. If you want to say it like that, God always is trying to tell us to do something. He's always trying to speak to us. He's always trying to get our attention. And how many times do we ignore Him? 
How many times do we put Him to the side? No, we're not physically wrestling, but we are spiritually wrestling. He, it's like this right here. And I don't know of any better illustration to give than this. It's kind of silly. Anybody remember Sylvester and Tweety cartoons? And you remember when Sylvester would always go after Tweety. And then there would be a time every once in a while where Sylvester was thinking of something devious to do to Tweety. And then all of a sudden you would see a, a, a red devilish looking Sylvester on one shoulder and an angel dressed Sylvester looking on the other shoulder. And they're both speaking in his ear. They're both doing it. I don't know how else to give a better illustration than that right there. Can I say this right here? Paul says it best, and I've said this before. Romans 6, 7, and 8, you want to know what it's like to... You want to, you want to get closer to God, start understanding Romans 6, 7, and 8. I know a man that has probably understood Romans 6, 7, and 8 better than anybody I know, and he's had eight mental breakdowns in his life, trying his best to wrap his mind around Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8. His, brother, his name is Brother Milton Taylor. And he understands chapter 6, 7, 8. If you want to understand what God has in store for us, understand chapter 6, 7, 8. But in chapter number 7 of the book of Romans, you're going to find Paul as in this same moment that Jacob was in right here. He was wrestling with God as well. But what he was wrestling with was sin. He said, I'm not going to quote it exactly right, but he's saying, that which I know I should do, I, that I do not. That which I know that I shouldn't do, is that what I do? How many times is that real in our life? We know what's right and what's wrong. You know, every one of us in here, everyone that's been in church long enough, we all know what is right and what is wrong. But yet, where do we find ourselves? Paul is saying that. Paul, one of the greatest Christians that ever walked this earth, he's saying the same thing. He's saying, I have walked this life, I know what's right, I know what's wrong, and I choose wrong every time. And if Paul was choosing wrong, what, what kind of match are we against anything? It's that battle, it's that tug of war with sin. Anybody ever seen that? A battle of tug of war? When somebody's got a hold of the rope and they're pulling one way or the other, and you watch the little flag going, oh, this side's going to win. Oh, this side's going to win. Oh, this, that's how it is with us. We are constantly pulled in separate directions. How many times have you looked at someone's life and said this, they've got it all figured out? How many times you look at somebody and thought, man, they live, man, look at them. They're living the Christian life exactly like they're supposed to. I think of people like this, I think of, I think, and it seems like living that separated life is so easy for some. Anybody ever looked at somebody like that? Anybody ever saw? I think of Brother Alan Barker when I thought about this, when I was studying this. I thought about Brother Alan Barker. It, is, it seems to me so easy for him to be able just to live the Christian life. I think of Brother Milton Taylor. So easy for him when he sits down. His mind is not on what he's going to eat at that restaurant. His mind is not on what he's going to drink. His mind is going, all right, there's a couple over here talking. Let me go pass a track out to them. Let me go pass out a track to them. Pass out a track. And pass. I've been with him to eat. That's what he does. It seems so easy to them. Anybody ever real? Anybody? I'm, I'm be real with me here. Anybody ever saw somebody and thought, man, the Christian life is easy on them? It is so easy. I wish it'd be that easy for me. I'm telling you, I feel like I'm fighting hell by the acre. I feel like every way I turn, I choose the wrong thing. I feel like every time I make a decision, I make the wrong decision. How many times do we catch ourselves? And what that is, is us wrestling with God. But can I tell you what that says about us? Don't let 
the fact that you feel like you're constantly in a tug of war be a depression. Let it be this, that you're alive and that you are battling because the devil don't like what you're doing. And I say this right here, the devil don't like what you're doing. And you're right in the midst of this war, being pulled in every different direction. Jacob found himself trying to seek the face of God, trying to seek the will of God, but he called himself wrestling with God. I'm talking about a fight like we've never seen before. I'm talking about a knockdown, drag out fight. And he finds himself this. Paul says this about this, the old human nature wanting to creep up in us. Can I say this right here? The day we got saved, the old man died. But can I say this right here? There's still effects from the old man that's here that want to rise itself up. That old man, that old life, that old lifestyle, so many times they want to rise up against us. That old nature. Paul said this about it. He said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Who shall? He said, Who shall deliver me? In his very next words, I thank God through, Christ, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then when the, when the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. He's saying, My flesh wants the sin, my soul wants the things of God, wants the Word of God, and it's a constant pulling back and forth. There's a battle that takes place. Can I say this right here? You need to be, you need to realize that you're alive. Jacob was alone, but Jacob was alive. But here, I'm going to give you this and then we'll be done. Jacob was altered. Jacob was alone, Jacob was alive, but then Jacob was altered. Look right here, you know he walked away with a limp. This one night in the life of Jacob was an accumulation of 20 years of patient activity of the Lord. The Lord had been working on him for 20 years. I thought about this. When the Lord called me to preach, that was me finally, after being saved for almost 20 years at that moment. When the Lord called me to preach, I'd been saved for almost 20 years, Brother Cole. And I finally, after 20 years, realized that the salvation life is more than being saved. It's more than that. Not only was I not wrestling with God, I wasn't even in the fight to start out with. I wasn't even where I needed to be. God had been putting people in my life. He had been placing certain people in my life to put me right where I needed to be. I think about this right here. And I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm going to hurt any feelings saying what I'm about to say. But you just think about this. Cole, you know what? You know how awful it was with your dad leaving Pleasant View. You kind of are not Pleasant View. This is Pleasant View. What's that other view? Welcome View. Lord have mercy. Welcome View. I ain't got to go into the details, but it was a tough situation. But had that situation not happened, would my wife, at the time girlfriend, and her family ever made their way to Amazing Grace? And had they not ever attended there and had not we ever have made it to Foothills Youth Camp in 2016 and my wife fall under conviction and get saved, would I ever have announced my call to preach? I think about how awful that situation is, but it, what it was was God was making plan, provisions in my life using somebody else's life using, that looked like they was in a tough situation. But the good, the good that came out of it, what I'm trying to say is this right here. 
God has put the, our, all of our past, all of our past sins, all of our past failures, all of our past victories have all lined up to put us right here at Pleasant View Baptist Church in December of 2023. Has placed us here. And now He is here to meet with us and say, listen, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to go on and take another step from me? Are you going to draw closer to me? Or are you going to continue in this track that you have for years and never draw closer to God? And I feel that that's where we're at this morning. I feel that's where we're at this month is we're getting a bunch of people coming together and God's wanting to know what you're going to do. What you're going to do. You have an option. You've come to a crossroads in your life. Are you either going to pick up the mantle and run with it or keep it laid on the ground? What are you going to do with it? Jacob was wrestling. But I noticed something about Jacob wrestling that I didn't mention earlier that I want to mention here. In the midst of his wrestling, when he got broken, he grabbed a hold. When he got broken, that's when he grabbed a hold. Now listen, let me give you something. Look right here. He, while he was an altered man. Look right here. He was a broken man. Verses 25 and 27. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he goes on to talk about his name being changed right there. But look right here. He grabbed a hold of him, wouldn't let go. Grabbed a hold of him, wouldn't let go. Look right here. I find him, even though he was altered, even though he was broken, we find him clinging. We find him clinging. Look right here. Jacob is no longer fighting at this moment. He got to the moment where he got over the fight and started hanging on. Can I say this right here? I don't know what you're battling this morning. I don't know what you're going through. But maybe you just need to quit fighting and start hanging on. You need, maybe you just need to quit fighting and grab a hold of something. Grab a hold of God. And don't let go. Grab a hold of the Word of God. And don't let go. Just hold on. And don't let go. Hold it to you. Don't let go. No matter what. Don't let go. Hold on. Just cling to it. It may take you having to hold on all night. But hold on. I remember I was thinking of this as I was studying this. And I know i got to hurry. But I was thinking about this. I remember there was a time back when me and my dad was hanging a deer stand, Brother Cole. A 16-foot single-man ladder stand. And I climbed up, and I was about 15, 16 years old. I was very limber then, a lot, lot less round, more, more in, in shape, you know. Uh, and Brother Jimmy, I climbed up there, and I had the strap. You know, when you're hanging one of those ladder stands, you're, you're, leaning, you're leaning against the tree. You know, I about fell off this thing. You're leaning against the tree, and you're trying to throw the rope around and catch it on the other side. You know what I'm talking about? You're trying to do that? Well, I got up there, and I went to hook it, all right? Well, then now that it was hooked, I'm like, all right, I'm good for a minute. I can get up here and kind of... Sit down in the stand. Brother Cole, you've been there before. You know, you kind of adjust the seat with it not being strapped down yet, you know. And the reason that's because daddy's got to hold the ladder at the bottom. You know, he ain't going nowhere. All right? Well, as I was adjusting, the strap fell. And I'm sitting there, 16 foot up in the air, thinking, uh-oh, this ain't good. And this is a comical story, but I remember now looking back, I heard my daddy say these words, hold on a second. Just hold on. And I remember thinking, as long as I sit still, this tree ain't going nowhere. Daddy will get me, the, get me what I need. Daddy will take care of me. 
Can I say this this morning? Just hold on. Let Daddy do the work. Just hold on and let Daddy do the working. And I'm here to tell you, if you'll do that, you'll find yourself preparing for the next stage of your life. You'll find yourself quit wrestling with God. You'll find yourself depending on God. That way you can move forward for Him. He was clinging, but then He was confessing. He was confessing. I got to thinking, Lord, how in the world am I going to tie this in? He was confessing. But look, the angel, the Lord, asked him, he said, what's your name? And at that moment, he had to give up his name. And he said his name was Jacob. Now, what does Jacob mean? Jacob means this right here. He's a trickster. He's a cheat. One who takes you by the heel. He, in other words, he's the one that twists your arm. Makes you bend us in submission. He had to confess who he was. That means he had to confront the old man. He had to confront the old man. And he had to realize who he was. He was clinging. He was confessing. And then um, uh, we see that he was broken. He was, he was broken, but then God blesses him. You look right there. He's one of the only men in our Bible where a whole nation is named after him. His name was changed from Jacob, Israel. And God blesses him, all because he, cling, he was clinging and he was confessing. He was clinging and confessing. He was a blessed man. He was a broken man and a blessed man, but I'll say this right here. He was still a branded man. That means he still had to limp. For the rest of his life, he had to walk around with a limp. I could imagine as he walked around with a limp, and he, he ran into old man Leroy that he ain't saw since high school, he said, what happened to you? He said, I got caught wrestling with God. I got caught wrestling with God. I got, I got caught wrestling with God. And that was, a, that was a scar that was left on his life. But what was a scar and what left him as a limp here on this life, I can't help but think if that wasn't just a strut in heaven. What may be a limp in this world may just be a, 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 a strut in heaven. I'm going to say it again because I don't think you got it. What may be a limp in this world, what may cause a limp in this world may cause a strut in heaven. Not to lift us up, but to lift God up. And can I say this right now? Jacob, you just look what God done for him. The nation of Israel is one of the very few nations in the world that can trace their heritage back this far and the name never change. You think about that. It's actually the only one that can trace their ancestry back to the first century and the name not change. They can trace it all the way back to the first century and the name not change. If God wasn't good to them, then who was God good to? He was a broken man. So I want to say this morning, I hope you got something. I hope that, well, I'm telling you, help me. If it didn't help anybody, help me. Preparing ourselves to draw closer to God. As we come and get us a verse of some song, I want you to think about something. I want you to think about something. Are you wrestling with God this morning? Maybe you're the one here this morning that's never had the Bethel experience and you've been wrestling with making that move. What better day than today? Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Why don't you come today and ask God to save you? 
But I'll say this right here. Maybe you've never left that Bethel experience. And you need that Jabbok experience where you experience a face-to-face encounter with the Lord. You say, I've never experienced that. Because I'm going to tell you what, it starts right here. It starts bowed around this altar. And she begins to play this morning. Why don't you stand? And why don't you come? And ask God to move in your life. Quit wrestling Him. Start hanging on to Him. It may take you all night long. It may take you all night long, but you just need to start holding on. I'm going to say this right here. Some of you may be in this room this morning. Your past is about to catch up with you. Your past is about to catch up with you. What you going to do? What you going to do?